Yo, what's good, extended fam? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. <laughs> yeah. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I recommend a computer. We're professionals here. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Try to catch me slipping there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Chip. Grand Canyon University is Arizona's premier private Christian university committed to providing next-generation education. GCU offers over 200 academic programs, many in high-demand fields across nine colleges. We keep our rigorous curriculum relevant by partnering with industry leaders and advisory boards. Earn your degree online, in the evening, or on our vibrant Phoenix campus. Find your purpose at GCU, where advanced technologies drive education. Private, Christian, affordable, nonprofit. Visit gcu.edu. Brothers, brothers, we're happy singing and we're colored. We're happy singing and we're brothers. Brothers, we're happy singing and we're colored. Colored, we're happy singing and we're brothers. Hey yo, what's going on? It's your boy Flaw Seven Hundred, aka Flaw Claw Van Dam, aka Flaw Cigar, aka your boy Dump Some Goy. Don't ask me to sing the song. And we all Kelly Drake's favorite podcast. The podcast, brothers, please excuse the absence of my brother Fresco. The boy got hurt, chipped up, laid up with a splint on his foot. Don't ask me how he did it. Don't ask no questions. Ask me, well, you know what? Maybe with the news of the NBA free agency, he saw that the Lakers needed a, needed an extra player, thought he could hop on the court and fuck himself up. That might be what he did. But he won't be joining us right now. This is episode 144, I think. I think. 144. Uh, we're about six episodes away from the free sneaker giveaway. So do your boy a favor. Go to thebrotherspod.com. Subscribe to the website. And you will be entered in the chance to win a pair of free sneakers. Last week, the OG sneakerhead copped some Yeezys. Might be some Yeezys you get. The week before, he copped some Jordans. Might be some Jordans you get. Don't know. It could be anything. But just know we ain't half-stepping when it comes to the brand. He only rock with the official. So you never know what you're going to get. But joining me today, man, I always got somebody in the building. I always got somebody here with me. You know what I mean? When Fresco and I am um, around, I have the owner of the Lofty 7 clothing line, Felix, in the building. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Appreciate you having me on. Did I get that right? It's- Do you consider it a clothing line? Uh, it's a brand. It's a brand. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a brand that's um that's based on my upbringing. Okay. Um, lucky seven. I'm the seventh of my family. I'm the youngest. I'm the last. Okay. So I feel like um I'm kind of the last chance to put the family on. Oh and man, keep it moving from that there. pressure. Yeah, that pressure. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sitting. Yo, we ain't even getting to the episode yet, and you just fucked my head up right now, <laughs> man. Because I sit here like I'm the oldest. Yeah. Of my siblings, my mother's oldest. Um, my father's oldest. And I got kids. I got four kids. And I'm sitting here like, man, I got to do something for us, for everybody. Yeah, You're like, like, I'm the guy that needs to put the family on our back, on my back, and make something happen. 
but you flipped it. Well, I'm the youngest, so I'm the last. Correct. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. man. So I mean, we on the same path. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the youngest and the oldest both got that same mentality. It is what. Um, so how are your other um, your other siblings? Do they have um, motive uh, mentality hustler mentalities? They do. Yeah, I mean, um, whether it's uh, whether it's in the streets or um, organizationally, okay. I think we all kind of had some kind of hustlers mentality. Okay. okay. Um, you know, always wanted to um, provide the best for our families has always been it. Okay. You know, I think we did uh, we do a good job at um, doing our siblings justice in representing them. Okay. Now, before we get into this episode, just tell the people um, who you are in um, a better version that I can say of where you're from and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, my name is Felix. Uh, I'm the owner and creator of uh, Lucky Seven Loft. Um, it's a clothing brand um, that I started a couple years back. Um, I'm a full time father, full time husband. Yeah. Um, the youngest of my family, just trying to put on, trying to continue hustling and motivating. Um, born in born in Trenton, New Jersey. Raised in Chicago, Illinois. Came back um, in my adulthood to uh, you know. Um, Finished growing as an adult in Trenton. Okay, okay. Um, but I'm here now just trying to grind it out, trying to make something for myself. Um, I got my family, my city on the back, mm. um, and is really trying to put on. They definitely, like, he, he talking my language right now. That's, that's the type of talk I like to hear, man. Um, now, with that being said, like, for me, I recently got into something new. Okay. Real estate. Nice. Real estate. And the opportunity that it can give me... Um, for my future, for my family. You know, I committed to being like a real estate investor. A lot of people don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, and the way that it was presented to me is like, you know what I mean? Like 90% of millionaires have some type of real estate. But that's stuff that we don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely in their portfolio. Right. Yeah. Something's in there. Like not saying you got rich from real estate, but when you did get some money, you purchased some real estate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or you started from real estate. You know what I mean? So for that... That alone got me like, man, here I am, a father of four, and if I die today, what they got? Correct. Nothing. Correct, correct, absolutely. So I'm in my hustler mind frame, I'm in my hustler state of mind right now, right? Have you ever felt like like you've hustled? Do you ever feel like you need a break from hustling? I'll give you an example. Spider-Man came out Friday. Yeah. I want to go see Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. But then I sit here and say, nah, I could be hustling. I could be out there in them, hitting them streets looking at houses. I could be, you know what I mean? Like Netflix just dropped Stranger Things. Do I watch that or do I open my book and gain some knowledge? Yeah. Have you come across that to where I'm doing too much? Let me relax. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest struggle um, for those that want to do something for, the, for themselves or for other people um, yeah. that they have a responsibility or obligation yeah. to, to help grow, right? Um, for myself, in the beginning, it was tough because I was trying to figure out how to manage everything. Yeah, you know, I'm a full time worker. You know, what I'm saying standard nine to five in retail. Yeah, um, I need to be 110 percent husband, 150 percent father, <laughs> and then I need I need time for myself. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So I think the the toughest part for me going through this process was trying to figure out how to balance. Um, you know, the one I guess the one error that I that I encountered early on in my days was trying to fit. The, more work in my same kind of uh, hours of, of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, I was accustomed to kind of resetting the clock at nine, ten o'clock at night, and I felt like that was the end of my day. Yeah. And as I got more through the process, I understood that 
well, I can do everything that I'm accustomed to doing until 10, and then I can just grind it out after that. Yeah. So most of my nights are 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning to mm. then wake up at 6 o'clock, mm. you know what I'm saying, get the kids ready, take yeah. them to school, and then go to work and continue doing what I'm doing. So I find myself, you know, making more use out of my 24 hours than um, what I was accustomed to in the beginning. Yeah. So I'm starting to fit things in. But, you know, there's still those times where, you know, I do want to watch a show. Yeah. And in the middle of the show, mm. my hustler mentality is like, man, what you doing? What you doing? Yeah. Why are you why here? Why are you watching this TV? Correct. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're talking that language, right? You're talking my language. I wake up every morning at four in the morning because I want to go to the gym. Yeah. And if I feel like if I don't start my morning off with a workout, I'm not going to have the energy that I need Correct. to finish off the day. And I first started going to the gym in the morning because going to the gym at night took away from family. Okay. Like you, my job, I work a 10 hour shift. So not only am I going from 630 in the morning till five, then when I get off, now I want to go to the gym for 90 minutes. Now what time you get in the house? Seven, eight. Yep. Kids done eight. It's That's, time for bed. You're yeah. not spending no time with your yeah, family. Absolutely. So guess who? So guess who's going to sacrifice their sleep? Me. I'm going to get up at four. Everybody still sleep. That was the initial goal. And then I'm listening to like people like Puff Daddy and other uh, entrepreneurs that say the early bird gets the worm. If you're up for everybody else, and I'm saying you already um, are ahead of other people who still sleep. My workout is over. People, the alarms just going off. That is correct. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. And I've already been put in. I've already done committed to my body, my mind and my body. Now, the rest of my day is going to go a little bit better because I got energy, excuse me, things of that nature. Um, I got energy. I feel great. I'm going to do this 10-hour shift, and then after that, I'll figure out what I got going on. I had somebody tell me, like, yo, you do everything. I didn't realize that I was had my hands in so many things. Yeah. So like I said, I go to the gym. I go to work. I do the podcast thing. I'm trying to get into the real estate. You know what? Not trying. I am in the real estate business. Also, people want me to train them. And I'm going to make all this happen in the 24 hours that I got. I will sleep when the opportunity presents itself. Same here. Right. Same here. It's right. about maximizing your time. It's about maximizing my time. Like, okay. We just had holiday. Holidays, right? In my job. I've had all four days. Thursday for the fourth. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is today. And I said, man, I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to sleep in. I don't get to sleep in. Because once again, I'm up at four in the yeah, morning. Yeah. Take and, advantage. And take advantage. You know what time I wake up? Five. <laughs> I can't sleep in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your body, your internal clocks every set. I can't do it. And I might roll over and be like, yo, get some more rest. But at eight, I'm up. Yeah. At least eight. And then it's just like, okay, it's the day after the fourth. Do you relax or do you hit the gym? No, you hit the gym. You pull Absolutely. your phone out. You start hustling you start doing what you got so all i gotta do is pull my phone out and locate houses before we continue on though if you are looking to sell your home you no longer want the property there's a death in the family you can no longer afford the house through divorce or whatever email me at jarell.minor at yahoo.com j-e-r-e-l dot m-i-n-e-r at yahoo.com i will pay cash for your house in no less than two weeks Holla at your boy. There you go. Cheap plug, bro. Yeah, yeah. Man. Get him in. So I thought that that was just a dope uh, conversation that we could have about having that hustler's ambition to feeling guilty. It's kind of like that diet. You want that cake. Yeah. But I just worked six days in the gym and that cake just might. But then again, it might not because everything is about, um, what's that word I'm looking for? 
um, moderation. Yeah. Everything is in moderation. So now we know that you're the youngest of seven. But in, in your mind, you want to do something, but you don't know what. So where does the creativity come from? Yeah. Like, where did you be like, yo, I want to do this? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, growing up, I've always been artistic. Okay. Um, whether that in, um, I'd be drawing, uh, digital. Um, I've always been around musicians. Um, okay. So I have, um, I've always had kind of resources to kind of stimulate my creative mind. Um, and kind of figure out where I fit in within that culture. Okay. Um, my father was one that taught me um, the whole kind of mechanics of drawing, um, you know, and from there it kind of just manifested um, into something a little bit bigger. Um, during high school, I had a, uh, I had a high school teacher ma- named Miss Hicks mm-hmm. who, um, who believed in me. I think she was outside of my, like, immediate family that believed. You know, I think she was the first person that was outside of my circle that really believed in the talent that I had regardless of which direction I wanted to go in. And she's, um, she got me into the Art Institute of Philadelphia, helped me out with that process. And, you know, during that time, my mom was a single mother, and um, I had to take the, the, the train from, from Trenton to Philly every, yeah. every day. Yeah. And Miss Hicks, for the first, like, six months, paid for my monthly mm-hmm. train pass. Mm-hmm. So I would go, um, go to the high school, pick up the cash, go buy my, my train pass and make it to school. Um, now, when I was in school... Um, you know, you're you're exposed to so many different forms of art. Yeah. Um, and I found that what what helped me in that process was digital. Now, leading up to high school and, and of course, college, I was already self-taught in Photoshop. Um, one of my friends dropped off a CD. I had an old computer in the house. I plugged it in, and I just started from there. Yeah. And was just self-taught. I loved it. It was something I always liked to do. Mm-hmm. And then once I figured out, you know, um, the direction when I was in college and I met the people that I've met and I understood how I can, you know, make money off of this talent. That's where I really started to kind of move forward. Um, how old were you? Uh, well, I was 14 when I was self-taught. When I went to, to college at the Art Institute of Philadelphia, I was like 18 and 19. So you was already on some money. Like, I can make money off of it. Yeah. Okay. What, what the biggest thing was, um, you know, my mom was a single mother at that time. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I was just trying to figure out ways to, make up right. what she was investing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to kind of even out and to avoid that, you know, uh, eliminate that pressure of having to to pay for my school and make sure everything else was running fine. Right, right. Um, you know, but that was I was still early in that process. I didn't really know how to uh, monetize the talent um, right. as well as I do now. Right. So um, after, uh, after college, I started working in a clothing company called uh, PCX Clothing. It's uh, underground clothing. They have about 35 stores nationwide. And I really started to see um, branding and marketing and merchandising. And then um, I got a chance to design for them as well, designing hand tags, size tags, patterns, and things like that. And that's when I really got the understanding of this whole process. And then, um, you know, one day when me and my wife were thinking, like, man, what are we going to do? Like, I I can't continue working. Ah, see? You know? Talking my language. Yeah, you know, I I can't continue. And there's nothing wrong with... 13 minutes in and you, you... you're just talking my language. I can't keep yeah. working like that. There's, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with having a nine to five, you know, yeah. if, if you feel like that's where your ambition lies. Yeah. Um, but for myself and, and what I envisioned um, providing my family, there was no way that that nine to five can do that. Right. We could do that justice. So we, um, you know, I was designing here and there um, flyers, mixtapes, albums, posters, business cards. 
Um, but when you're in the client service industry, um, it can get a little tedious. Okay. Um, and it, it, it didn't let me kind of explore my creative, uh, my creative mind. Yeah. Cause I was always within the limitations of the client. Okay. Now there's a lot of memes out there on Instagram and social media, how, um, you know, the client and the, the creator go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think you have a great idea, the client comes and wants to like break it all down <laughs> yeah. and, and get something completely opposite of what mm-hmm. you just created in this masterpiece. Meanwhile, you just you just put your life, yeah, your life's work is right here. Absolutely. Oh, he she he or she's going to love this, and yeah. they present it to him like nah, nah, yeah, yeah. I just put my foot into yeah. the thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they just knock it all down. Um, Yo, not to cut you off, but I think I can't say for sure, but I think I had that situation before, but it was musically like I used to rap, yeah. And my dad was the producer in a way, right? So I told him what I wanted as a beat. Simple. Just sample this beat, <laughs> and it is what it is. So he did it, and I rapped off of it. I, I rapped over it, right? And song was, a, song, was a, song was dope to me. A week later, I come back, and he goes, yo, I made a beat. Um, I remixed the beat, and he made a totally different beat. Put your vocals on it? Put my vocals on it and took that beat off. And he sat there. He's like, yo, I got something for you. So I'm listening to it. And I'm just <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I, I like the other one better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't really feel the energy from his production after that, I don't think. Because I didn't hear what he heard. I didn't feel what he felt. Yeah. He thought, like, yo, I just made this hell of a beat. Correct. And it's the shit. No, fam. I want what I asked you for. Correct. Correct. So I can I can definitely see that happening. Yeah. What you were just describing. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I, and that, that just comes with client services. Yeah. You know. Um. I did it for a long time and I made a lot of money off of it, but it just wasn't something that I wanted because, like I said, I was within the limitations. Yeah. Of the client's creative mind, and then I was like, well, I'm, I want to do something where I can utilize my talent and live within my creative world and my realm and be able to provide a product to the world yeah. rather than me creating a product that the world wanted. Mm. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Everything that we do um, is created in-house. You know, there's nothing, um, there's nothing that we create that's given to us or created for us. Um, it's all within our creative four walls, and we provide it to the world, and we let the world um, give us their feedback back and, and go from there. You spoke on this earlier, but balancing just life, work, family, your career, how do you maintain that? Like, what's your what's your go to? Like, how did you, or what was the roadblocks? I know something had to happen to where somebody wasn't getting enough attention, whether it be the wife, whether it be the kids, or you wasn't putting enough focus into the actual brand because you had a life. So, yeah. how did you balance that? Yeah. So, I mean, the obvious obstacles, right? Like, um, you know, being married. For yeah. those that don't know, um, it's all you know, butterflies and flowers, but it also mm-hmm. comes with its challenges, right? To get it to that point. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that I'm required or a husband or a wife is required to give X amount of time to their significant other. Yeah. But you have to find a way to carve out some time for them. Right. And what was happening in the beginning, and it happens occasionally now, <laughs> is that I'm, I'm fully invested in a creative space where I see or I vision. I see the vision of where I want to go. And it's so close yeah. um, that I kind of it, my judgment laps. Mm-hmm. I have a lapse in my judgment. And I may forget to watch a movie with my wife or mm, spend time with the kids. Forget. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keyword. Yeah. Keyword, forget. <laughs> um, it, it's not done on purpose. Yeah. Um, but it, it happens. And, and those are the obstacles I was running into early because I felt as if I needed to have everything 100% available and ready yeah. um, before I, 
whether it was launching or it was one year anniversary or if I created a design, I needed to post it no matter the time. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, babe, give me, give me 10 more minutes and yeah. I, we'll sit down and watch a show and 10 minutes becomes an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with the kids, right? Like you're in the middle of designing something. The kids want to show you a YouTube video. Oh, man. It's nothing. How many kids you got? I have two. Boy and a girl, girl. Boy and a girl. Boy and a girl, right? It's nothing like, right, when you're working on your project and your son just happens to come down. He wants to, even your daughter, but your son comes down and he just wants to start a play fight or something. Yeah. You're like, listen, son, not right now. Yeah. They don't know that it breaks your heart, but it's just like, I have to do this project. But they always want to, you know, engage with you when you are actually doing something. Correct. You know, there's times when you're chilling. What's up, little man? You want to play? No. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> no, that's the I got case. free time. What's yeah, up? Yeah. I'm available right now. Right, right. You know, and he hits me with a well, it's it doesn't fit in my schedule. <laughs> um, you know, but that that's I think that's something that I learned as well. Um and this is the difference between like um or the bridge between creator and business owner. Yeah. Is being able to provide information or a statement to somebody that they may not like. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that, or I don't have time right now. Let me finish. And I'll get that to you. Yeah. And then what happened is over time, they've, became, they've become acclimated to my business schedule yeah. and what I'm trying to do. And they understand the business side of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's great for my kids as well, especially yourself. You know, you have kids and yeah. getting them to understand this early yeah. is that it's, it's sometimes things just don't happen on your time. That's a fact. You know, and you got to figure out how to maneuver within the time that you have available and you're responsible as well to get your objectives done. And when they're done, then we can play. Right, right. You know, so I try to instill that in my children to to get them to understand that this is something that I need to do. Did we did we get lucky enough to have a lot of information on our side? Because we've seen maybe it might just be on movies or TV. I don't know if this is real life, but entrepreneurs, how they just shut everybody out until they're like, so like billionaires, you know, we've seen situations to where the wife or the girlfriend is so lonely because he's working on this big project. So do, do we have the advantage of seeing how wrong it can go if you don't find a balance? So, um, before I get to answering that, I think, um, the cultural climate behind being an entrepreneur, I think right now is at the forefront of what we do and what we see. Yeah. And in some cases, um, and you hear it a lot from like major entrepreneurs that are really, really doing it. And not yeah. to take anything away from those that are trying to get it yeah. done, but the ones that have, co- have accomplished something, you know, they, they, they speak on um, individuals that believe that they're entrepreneurs, but maybe they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's tough to it's tough to get an understanding on what right looks like and what wrong looks like because there's so many there's so many people in the marketplace of entrepreneurship yeah that it's kind of hard to identify or who to look up to yeah. in regards to like all right this is the model I need to follow right. um I think and being an entrepreneur you get to understand rights and wrongs through your process of your journey yeah and I, so I don't think that there is a model entrepreneur that would advise us of what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a, a mirror image of who we are that we're looking at okay. over time 
that gets you to understand I, I can't do this no more or I got to do it this way. Okay, right. And, and I think that's what happened to me. You know, for myself, what was considered right and wrong only was identified when I committed the wrong. Yeah, right, right. To do, and then I'd end up doing the right. Yeah, You right. know, and as I did the right and the outcome became something that was rewarding, I knew that, all right, well, the opposite is wrong, so I'm going to continue with mm-hmm. my right. But you had to make a mistake. You had to turn left. Yes. In order to find that right direction first. So Absolutely. That's, um, that's definitely a dope way to look at it. But mental health, right? And sometimes you'll have people on some, well, I'll say mental health for yourself. You know, the belief in yourself and trying to get stuff done. Was there an obstacle that you, not family, not kids, not nothing, that you had to overcome to start your business? Yeah. Within yourself? Yeah, no, absolutely. So being a creative, um, I think the toughest thing about being a creative is that everything that you create, you deem as the best. And... um. I think I, re- I related to having children, right? Like yes. when you had your children and you looked at them when they first came out, you were like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Let me tell you something, not to cut you off, but let me just speak on that right now. I have four, right? My son will be 18. My daughter is 16. And I have a five-year-old son and I have a four-month-old daughter, right? Oof. Yeah, I'm all over the place, bro. Now, I love my first three to okay. death. Okay. I do. But it's something about the baby when they're in the baby form. Yeah. Because it's the purest love you'll ever meet. Correct. Absolutely. Ever be introduced to. And this is what people don't understand. You don't have a favorite child. But when that baby is in that that infant stage yeah. and they look at you with no teeth and they just smile. Yeah. Go, yeah. You in- love me. Innocence, man. Somebody really loves me. Absolutely. So, yes, you 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 definitely get that feeling was like, yo, this you are not the greatest thing ever. And it's a selfish thing because it's like for me. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm going through stuff. I got stuff in my mind. But you, you love me. Correct. And I think you're the greatest. Unconditionally. Yeah. Nobody so, told you to love me. You correct. just love me. It has happened, right? Yeah. And I, and I think, and I, I, I can kind of relate that. And I don't want to make the two seem equal in any way. Right. But it, it's very similar to the, like, to the creator. Mm-hmm. The creative mind, when they create something that they've invested time into and the product comes out, it's the greatest thing that you've ever done. Yeah. And there's no one that's going to tell you different. Yeah. And I had to overcome the, the hardship of creating yeah. and the world not being receptive. Mm-hmm. And you kind of ponder like, this is the dopest thing that I've created, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, yeah. And in the world like social media where you kind of rate your success off of likes or impressions mm. or engagement – and you post and you don't see those things, I think at a, at a, at a moment you kind of second guess if this mm-hmm. is what you want to do. Yeah. And early on, that was the process uh, where I was mentally. Like, man, I'm about to put something out. And I didn't feel 100% confident that it was time to go. But leading up to my kind of launch online, I'd already announced it on social media that it was going to yeah. launch on this day. Yeah. So there was no going back. Uh, I couldn't yeah. go back on my word. Right. So. At that moment, I wasn't ready to give out 100% of the product yet, but I had to. Mm-hmm. And it was probably, I had the, probably the, the highest amount of anxiety, mm. you know, a month after that because I'm like, well, now I have to wait for the world to respond. My yeah. friends, my family, my colleagues, yeah. individuals that were looking up to this product coming out, now I have to wait. 
and see if they like it or not. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest mental hurdle that I had to go through through my process. And I still go through it. Yeah. Do, um, do you post your kids? On social media, no. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to ask because I do, right? And there's a lot of things that I'm involved in, whether it be gym, whether it be working out, whether it be podcasts. And it could be times where what I'm doing gets no type of attention, right? The other day I posted my daughter and she got 500 likes, right? And I'm just like, all right, that's cool. It's a nice little cute baby. But I'm out here busting my ass and nobody (laughs) is, you know what I mean? Like, I'll get people like, well, first off, I do have people inquiring my services of training them. But it'll be like if I run into you or if we're having a conversation, they'll be like, sidebar, yo, your videos are very inspirational, right? But if I post something, they just won't come and say, hey, it's dope, you're doing your thing. Yeah. Even with the podcast. There's people who won't comment or like on social media, but when I see them in person, you got a podcast, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've never acknowledged it. Yeah, that show me I, some love show online. Me, hey, you don't want to say that? And you don't want to sound crazy like yeah. your fam? I would rather... Do you know how much work goes into posting and writing and just wanting feedback? Absolutely. If you don't... I would rather you really not like it. But if you do and you don't want to say nothing... Would, that's worse. That's worse. They yeah. don't understand that. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. And then you don't want to be that person to be like, especially me and what I do and in, in the brand that I'm creating. You don't want to be the one to say, well, I mean, everyone out there buying Supreme. And, and listen, no wanna, shade. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. But it, it happens to me as well. It's like, I might not get no love online, but if I come across someone that I've grew up with, I haven't seen them in a while. Well, you doing your thing. Yeah, first thing is that. But you don't. Yeah, let's cement that statement online, you know? Let's, Listen, let's put it in history. it's not that we want attention, but if you know how the social media works, if you actually comment on our post, the algorithm sets it up so that right. we're in rotation. Yeah. But if we post something and we get 10 likes, not saying we do, but if we get 10 likes, the millions of people that's on social media will get looked over. Yeah, yeah. And then you scroll and you're just like, well... Well, let me ask you this question, too, because this happens to me, the same type of story. Do you have a background or a story? Because I've seen people, right? Let's just say somebody just came home from jail and people want to see that person do good. Social media will attack them with love. Yeah. But because there's no background story, because you're perfect. Yeah. You're a good guy. Yeah. Are you married? Yeah. You got kids. Yeah. You're a good guy. Yeah. You don't need my love. They kind of expect a win to happen. Right. Yeah. So they're not, they, there's, there's nothing for them to give you because you're you. You're yeah. going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Two things on that. Uh, one, the first thing that you brought up was the algorithm. Yeah. Not too many know of the algorithm. You know, social media is based on a mathematical equation. Yeah. Right? And that algorithm is extremely important. So I'm glad that you brought that up. It's not that we want. We right. want the comment. I want but the, the comment. comment is a variable in the algorithm, which That's is going to help it. us. That's it. Yeah. You telling me in person you like my stuff, don't do me no justice. Correct, correct. <laughs> or let me, let me record that statement yeah. and then I'll post it. Um, uh. Secondly, um, I think that what what happens is is people are judged at, at face value. Yeah. Um, in, in my real life, uh, I'm extremely reserved, but I do have a level of confidence in me. And I think that in some cases, confidence can get um, blurred with arrogance, mm-hmm. um, where people then see, well, you know, I like them. But there's something about them. And, mm. and it could be that they can't digest the confidence, yeah. right? 
and they just associate. Well, he's good on his own. Yeah. He can handle himself. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's tough. It's, you know, it's tough. extremely tough because you, with with being confident, I think you you understand that there is a level of uh, of being vulnerable, but you don't want to express that when you're running a business, yeah. right? You don't yeah. want to expose uh, being vulnerable in any kind of shape or form, right? Yeah. Because that just, that just lessens the, the, the foundation that you, you build on. You want to look strong at all times. You want to look strong at all times, but it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, but what I can say to whoever's, whoever's listening, <laughs> you know, I'm vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we, listen, we, we appreciate all support. Yeah. I think uh, one of the messages that we try to get across is um, if you like us, support us yeah. On, on, yeah. on your schedule, on your time, on your dime. Yeah. If you want to buy, that's fine. If not, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we appreciate the, 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 the inquiry, the thought, the support without supporting. Yeah. We appreciate everything. I think we firmly believe that with time, our journey would, would find its destination. Absolutely. If you listen, I mean, it's jokes, but it's the truth, though. If you listen yeah. to the podcast, but you don't never post, I'm fine with that. I mean, if you want to acknowledge me in person, I'm fine with that. It's yeah. just that. Um, we don't post for the shits and giggles, though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so. If you see the post, it's okay to like and comment. Like we we need that algorithm. But um, so you mentioned earlier that you born and raised in Trenton, went to Chicago for a bit, and came back to the town. Yeah, was Chicago as bad as they say it is then as it is now? Because I've never been. And yeah. you can have people say it's not that bad in Chicago. I don't know. So I'm only asking you because you've been there. But was it that bad when you were there? Well, I think that um, Chicago in itself is beautiful. Okay. The one thing I can say about Chicago is that you have individuals that will just walk up to you and introduce themselves, shake your hand, um, engage in a conversation, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, but just like with any city and town that you're from, um, any community, the what you go through isn't perceived the same as those looking from the outside in. Yeah. Um, that's exactly why, that's why I ask how I ask. Like, yeah. I, I can't just play Chicago's horrible. I've never been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, now I, what I can say is, um, you know, when I was in Chicago, when I was a lot younger, yeah. um, it didn't seem as bad yeah. as it seems now because I'm not there. And yeah. like I said, that's the perception of looking from right, the outside right. in. Um, from the outside in, all you see is, Murder, gangs, right, right. drugs. Not to say that that wasn't existent when I was there. It definitely was. Um, but that's what like, I could, that's like people not to cut you off. That's like people looking on the outside, not from Trenton. I can't come to Trenton, y'all. Yeah, it's it's not as it's not as bad it's as not you as think. bad as you think. Yeah, but the news will make you think, man. Don't go to Trenton. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what I can say is that um, back then in comparison to today is back then, I think that there was a level of order and um, organization within the organizations that were in that community. Yeah. Um, And I think with time, those individuals that would lead those organizations leave out. Right. The younger generation comes in and it takes time to kind of understand how an organization should run. Okay. And, I'm I'm saying organization because I don't want to label any certain person in any way that they don't feel right. or deem to be correct. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen is with time, Chicago will turn into a place where there is order and mm-hmm. there is organization. But I think it's going to take time for the younger generation to develop families 
develop what they what our beliefs in their in their life and where they want to grow and become older and their kids being raised in those places yeah. where order will generate itself. I just think we're Chicago's in a place right now where they're trying to become they're trying to go full circle mm-hmm. where there will be order. Okay. And until that point happens, you will have that intermediate chaos that right. we see. So I also like to hear the stories, not saying you have any, but if you do, I like to hear the stories of I almost gave up type of stories or man, I had to second guess myself. Cause I think what stood, what stirred me in the wrong direction was always seeing the success stories. Cause when you tried to do what other people did, you realize it was hard. Like you just see like for one, as a musician, I always looked up to Babyface. If Babyface wrote the song, I knew it was a hit. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, both Babyface wrote it, produced it, all that. So let me go make a beat. And then you <laughs> sit down in front of all this machinery, you're like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. So, but nobody never tells you how they learned, how many times they fell on their face before they made it. So was there a situation to where you was just like, all right, all right this ain't it? Yeah. Um, immediately after I started... Um, I, I buy my material wholesale, right? Right, just like any kind of brand. Mm-hmm. And the day before we we launched online, I was I did a crazy order. Like, yeah. I don't know where my mind was, but <laughs> I placed about a it was like a seven hundred dollar order on wholesale bulk on t shirts. That's a lot of units. Okay. And I was like, man, leading up to, it, I was like, yo, I need that because this this website is about to go, it's about to be on fire. Mm-hmm. I'm about to have orders going crazy. Yeah. Of course, the orders didn't come in, <laughs> but neither did my order. Mm, right? Neither. Oh, the, oh. So seven hundred dollars is in limbo. Yeah. And I'm calling this place up. No one's answering. Emailing. No one's answering. And I'm like, I just got beat on seven hundred. Mm. Now, for those that are entrepreneurs that have families, husband or wife and kids, 700 taken out of the equation of Mm -hmm. life could be, it could set you back. You got somebody to answer to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So $700 is just gone. And I started looking up the business, uh, Better Business Bureau and this company that I've been ordering from in small dosages has had multiple complaints when the orders are of a large amount. So I'm like, man, I just got beat on my $700. Yeah. I was like, I have no orders. I have no shirts. There's nothing I can do. I was like, I'm about to close it up as soon as I open it up. Because how Mm. am I going to supply orders? Yeah. And I had no one around me at that point to kind of, you know, provide me with any kind of insight. Like, all right, just be patient. It'll all work out. Yeah. Of course, my wife, you know, but I think it's almost like. Supposed to yeah, be that you're, way. You're supposed to yeah, you're, cheer me up. Yeah, so it's not like I'm not <laughs> yeah. digesting what she's saying, right. but it's like, all right, you're supposed to give me that. You know, mm-hmm. like, but there was no one else outside of my media circle that was telling me, like, yo, you good. Just chill, relax. Yeah. Let's 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 step back yeah. and figure out how do we maneuver. And I was like, man, I'm about to close up. Because I'm about to look like a fool if I can't fulfill these orders. Right. So I, I definitely launch, had that. Launch, right? Launch. Launch. Mm. So this was, we launched. You um, don't even have... A five-star rating on Yelp yet. No, nothing. You got nothing. We have nothing. We have no, no, nothing to, to, like, base ourselves on yeah. other than the first impression. You know, and you know what they say. It's like first impression is first, everything, yes, you know. Yes. So I'm like, man, I'm about to look like a fool yeah. if I can't fulfill these orders and I have no one to, like, talk to. Right. 
you know, and level of anxiety was high. Of course, I'm still dealing with the mental kind of uh, space where, like, I'm, I'm trying to see what the world is going to say about my product. Yeah. So I got that on top of no material, mm-hmm. on top of losing 700, on top of I don't know what to do next. Yeah. You know, and it, it wasn't until, like, I stumbled on something through a friend um, that now is my production, um, my production company in Philly mm-hmm. that has put me on. Like, I, I knocked on his door. I'm like, yo, bro, you wouldn't guess what happened. Yeah. And I told him the story. He was like, yo, why are you tripping? Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean why I'm tripping, bro? Yeah, like, I can't. <laughs> like, this is me. I can't supply well, nothing. 700 is 700. Yeah. You, uh, one, it's money. And yeah. two, it's like someone's going to walk into the store and see no product. Yeah. Essentially, right? Yeah. And he was like, no, I got you, bro. Like, you should have told me this a while ago. <sighs> here's, this, here's this website. Here's this number. Here's this location. And I looked at him, and I was like, yo, that's all? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, bro, you should have called me a while ago. Mm. But I was so was so frazzled mentally. You want to know what's crazy? As I'm venturing off into this real estate business, I'm torn between telling everybody about it as far as I need help or doing it all myself. Yeah. Figuring it out and then telling people, hey, this is what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it could be that, not saying this is what you did, but you're like, yo, let me do this. Because... I guess for me, it's like, well, I ain't got no money to pay nobody. Correct. I don't have, I'm still learning. Yeah. I don't want to look like a fool trying to explain to you what I know halfway. Yeah, you're still trying to learn. I'm still trying to learn. Yeah. So, but I made it known yesterday. I made a post. I said, yo, I'm a real estate investor. Not for people to be like, congratulations. Yeah. But somebody might be like, yo, I'm at the inbox. We need to talk. Correct. I know somebody that knows somebody. Correct. I threw the fishing rod out there for that. Yeah. So for you to lose 700, which was a lot, made you go holler at your boy. You probably wouldn't have done it, right? Yeah. Had that shipment would have, would not, would not have, if that shipment would have came in. Correct. So I would have even went to him. Right. I always look at the blessing in disguise. Always. There's yeah. a message in every loss. Hands down. I lost 700, but they get back. It's going right. to be triple that. Right. And I would just want to, I just want to talk to the entrepreneurs out there, right? I think we've all been in a situation where somebody needs something, whether it be your wife, your husband, or your kids, or anybody. And it's a flip between, it's the option between provide or put your last dollar into your business. Yeah. Because in your head, you like, listen, baby, I can't buy diapers this week. Now they might not understand that, yeah. but in your head you like, listen, I'm about to, I'm about to blow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in a year or two, y'all will not need for nothing. Correct. But I'm gonna look like a fool right now. Yeah. And not be able to provide those diapers, even though those diapers cost sixteen dollars. I need to put the sixteen dollars into my business. Yes, yeah. hands down. So I definitely just want to talk to the um to the creators, the entrepreneurs out there that I think we've all ran through a situation like that yeah. where I've had to put my last into my business and had to figure out how we're going to eat later. Correct. I'll figure that out later. Correct. We'll figure like, yeah. I don't know how you can call me a loser because it's that, it's that threat of not looking like you can't provide. Yeah. So well, I think that's, eat the, that. that's the pride and ego of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, that's something I learned as well. And whoever's listening, that's looking on doing that same thing. Sometimes you got to put that to the side. Yeah. Because that's what stumps the growth. Mm. That keeps you very that keeps you in one spot and a level of complacency. We never want to be able to sacrifice the income that's coming in, right? 
and potentially lose everything. But with no risk, there's no reward, right? Because your life is accustomed to what you've brought in. Yeah. You have to be able to change something. You have to sacrifice and risk something mm. to, to get yourself out of it. And if you don't, then you have to be okay with the outcome that you've been living with this entire time. That's a fact. And if your pride and your ego get in the way of that, you're never going to be able to explore or risk or assess risk properly to figure out if there's a greater reward out there. That's probably like a more of a man thing. We talk about ego. Yeah. So in a sense to where you could be like, as a man, you might be too prideful to tell your children, your wife or your kid's mother that I ain't got it. Yeah. Because of that, because you know that backlash might come, might not. We don't even know if it's going to come. Correct. You just assume the you worst. Just assume. Yeah. Damn. If I don't buy these diapers, I'm gonna get cursed out. Yeah. yeah Social media is gonna have a field day because I can't afford diapers. Yeah. And it might not even come. Yeah. But for the creators out there, for the people with ambition, if you're gonna, if this is what you want, be okay with being all, but going all in, especially yeah. financial, especially with time. Um. Of course, there's going to be some bumps in the roads with the family, with money, with rent. You know how many stories I've heard? Like, Kanye West just pops in my head. Before he got his deal, I think he had his eviction notice on his door. Yeah. Because guess what? I'm going to use the money that I am bringing in, I'm going to put into my beats. I'm yeah. going to put equipment into traveling, equipment. Tra- yeah, yeah. Um, Tyler Perry, sleeping in his car, I think. Yeah. Before he, so, I embrace the struggle. You have to embrace the struggle when you lost what you lost, but you bounced back, yeah. I bet that was a beautiful feeling. Yeah. It's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. To, if, to be honest with you, not to cut you off, to be honest yeah. with you, that $700 loss ended up saving me money mm. because the connect that my man's put me on, it didn't, it didn't require me to go that deep in, yeah. in inventory. And it, it allowed me to redirect or, or rewrite my business model. Okay. Um, and now our business model is, is pre-profit where we're not sitting on inventory waiting to sell. The moment, it, the moment an order comes in will be the moment that we replenish inventory and provide product. And that's within our business model. When I first wrote it, it was to have X amount of inventory on it. So I'll be sitting in the negative. That's what you thought. Until I dig myself out into profit. Yeah. So I end up making way more money and investing less money mm-hmm. over time because of this hiccup. Okay. All right. That was it. That was, listen, man, if you ain't getting no gems from this, man, Absolutely. I, we encourage all the entrepreneurs to go out there and do your thing if you're serious. If you're going to stop in a few months, don't go all in yeah. because then you'll be looked at funny. But if you know for a fact that this is going to work for you, please go out there and do it. But with that being said, man, tell them your brand one more time and tell them, tell them why they should cop it. Yeah, so it's um, Lucky7Loft um, and it's www.lucky7loft.com. Instagram, Lucky, the number seven, Loft. Facebook, Lucky, seven, Loft. Um, The reason why you should cop it, um, we're focusing on normal wear. Okay. We want you to be able to feel comfortable wearing our product to the laundromat, Mm -hmm. grocery shopping, hanging around the house. We want to control 60% of the closet space. Okay. And there's, there's nothing wrong with the occasional, like, high quality super expensive attire that you will wear out to events, to the club, or to a showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to be mo- worn more than once okay. a month or once a quarter. Okay. okay. We want to be able to be worn multiple times during the week and feel comfortable. Okay. Um, that's why we put so much thought into the material that we, that we use, um, the, 
the vinyl that we print that we press with and just the condition that we keep um our products in you know so if you're looking on expanding your closet space and having some normal everyday wear then lucky seven loft is the place to go you might talk some business, man. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, like, like collaborate on something. Tell them that promo code, though. Like, if you want to get your little free T-shirt. Yeah. So, uh, right now, we got a couple things going on. Um, of course, I just, I just hooked the podcast brothers up with uh, a couple free shirts. But we have a bunch of promos for our consumers. Um, the majority of it is in, uh, is in social media. Okay. So, we have a promo. It's two shirts for $50. Okay. And then we have another promo, four shirts for $80. Okay. Um, these payments are done through Cash App for those individuals that may not want to put their credit card information online. Yeah. Um, because I understand there's a lot of scammers out there. And although our website is secured for all payment methods, yeah. um, I can understand the, the obstacles that many people face. Um, yeah. So, two shirts for $50, four shirts for $80. And it can be any one of our shirts, mix and match. The good thing about our brand that's much different from other brands is we um, we use vinyl to press, right? Okay. So vinyl can be in any color. Okay. So let's say if you like a design online, whether you see it on a website or on Instagram or Facebook, but the colors aren't just hidden with the sneakers you have at the crib. Yeah. Where you can inbox us, send us a picture of your sneakers, mm. and we'll color code the shirt to match your sneakers. Okay. So... Anything that you want. The designs itself is a template. The colors can all be changed. That's pretty dope. Yeah. But pardon me, though. I didn't mean to say little T-shirts. That was just... No, no, no. Sorry. Big big boys. Like We do, we do, we do all sizes. Our T-shirts, well, the Podcast Brothers T-shirt, like mm-hmm. when I have on, it comes from Teespring, I believe. And okay. it's kind of like uh, a platform to where people do order from them, but of course they get a profit from us. Yeah. I've always... I've, I've been looking into kind of like printing T-shirts out myself, but that just might not be... I might not have time in a day for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a busy dude. So like I said, we might can collaborate, yeah, no, absolutely. put something together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what I can tell you is, uh, you know, the formula that we have, I think, is very successful. Yeah. Um, and in no way, shape, or form am I the kind of person that's going to hold on to that formula and not share it. Right, right. You know, I think we have, we've carved, carved ourselves out our own lane, but we don't, we don't mind putting other people on because we know that they're going to create their own lanes and we right. can all kind of, you know, Eat all at the dinner table together. Right, absolutely. Yeah. That's that. That's exactly the type of time we on. That's why we love having creatives here. Yeah. And once you come through, like we keep in touch. You absolutely. Because you know we're all growing together. Right. And that's basically, you know, what I'm saying the, the the gist of it. Like we all we all gonna make it. Yeah. And I and I, and I, I think that it's great that we all aren't kind of like in each other's lane. But even if we were, yeah, we're like the people that I've met. We're all humble. Correct. And we want to see each other win. Yeah, absolutely. So. That is what it is. But we about to um, switch over topics real quick, right? Um, have you? Did you hear about the controversy with Chris Brown and his lyrics? Yeah. Okay. Um, apparently, he said he only wants to fuck black bitches or black women uh, with good hair, right? Yeah. And that drew a lot of controversy from women. And then he went on social media and started cursing everybody out, made yeah. himself look worse. Yeah, correct. Very immature. Yeah. But then the conversation got brought up with preference. Yeah. Preference versus colorism or preference versus what people, you know, accuse Chris Brown of saying. How did you take it? And when you first heard about it and did anything on social media change your mind about your initial thought? Yeah. So I think that um, I think colorism and preference are always going to be intertwined. Okay. Regardless, yeah. no matter the day and age, yeah. um, because we're going to have individuals that are just going to be biased to whatever. Yeah. And I can understand that. I think it's the person that 
delivered the message mm-hmm. um, that may have ignited the fire to be as big as it is now. Okay. You know, Chris Brown, he's had his series of, of yeah. trouble, especially with women. Absolutely. Where they've been the, the judge, the executioner, yeah. right, and the jury, and it wasn't favorable for Chris Brown to say a statement like that yeah. to, and speaking of women. Okay. Um, not to say that it would be received any different, any differently if it was someone else yeah. that may have not encountered any issues before, but I think that the vessel that the, the message was, was delivered in yeah. was the issue. Um, his replied statements online, I think they were very typical of what typical Chris, Brown, Chris Brown, you know, um, but it wasn't a way to handle it, of course. Um, with Chris Brown, it's a double-edged sword, man, because to, to have an individual like Chris Brown who's had a level of success at any given point willing to risk it all, yeah. you know what I'm saying, right, right. to, like, defend himself, <laughs> I think it, it's a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. um, because it's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. But he's, he's sticking true to what he feels. Maybe he delivered the wrong way. Yeah. But I can't knock him for defending himself, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because um, you always get the story of, man, I'm just um, – people don't know the real me type of thing. Yeah, and that usually happens yeah, with guys, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I wish you just give me a chance, you know, mm-hmm. to get to know me. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely think it was, um, it was because of his past that, um, that allowed the present to really, I would hate to say blow it out of proportion because I'm not trying to say that, but to get as big as it, as it got. I know social media can allow <laughs> so many people to just be able to get in contact with you or get a whiff of what they think. And um, it's hard not to be able to respond when you see such negativity, yeah. right? I'm on, I got a notification from YouTube today, and it's from an old video me and my brother did, right? And I mispronounced somebody's name wrong. I don't be caring about people's names, man. We, we, we talking about the wire versus power, and I might have pronounced the name wrong. And somebody wrote under my YouTube page, under my YouTube video, when you pronounce such and such name wrong, your opinion then meant nothing. <laughs> I, I wrote, thanks for the comment. Yeah. Because like we talked about 15 minutes ago, just comment. Yeah. It, it, YouTube has reg, um, has algorithm too. Yeah. So if you comment and I comment back, now you're getting my video rolling. Thanks. I appreciate correct, it. Correct. Correct. I'm not going to take that personal. R&B. Even though women are the subject most of the time, yeah. Even in hip hop, yeah. That's like a lover's lane. Correct. Used to be, I guess. I don't know now. I think that R and B is like hip hop ish now. Yeah. Back when Babyface was doing it. Babyface is my that. That's <laughs> see. That's where I'm torn because it used to be a lover's lane. It used to be a safe space for women. Yeah. Babyface said, "I when I get home, I'm yeah. gonna cook you dinner. I'm gonna rub your feet, yeah. and you ain't got to do nothing but pay, but pay what you love, right? Yeah." yeah. But now it's just like, oh, fuck bitches. And it's, it's not the typical R&B. Yeah. I don't think that it's a preference, but it, it might be a preference, but a negative one. Because I've known guys only want to fuck women with nice hair because yeah. they're babies or have good hair. Correct. Chris Brown has a daughter who's of, of light color and has a fair set of hair. Yeah. Not saying he did that on purpose, yeah. But your daughter has that. So in a sense to where you're fucking a girl and you get her pregnant by accident or you don't use a condom, she gets pregnant, more than likely the chances of this baby being born with fair hair. Yeah. That's how I took it. Yeah. No, because yeah. he said fuck. He didn't say 
anything else. Yeah. I only want to mess. Say fall in love. Ain't say nothing. Yeah. He said, I want to. I want to have sex basically with women with good hair, just in case if something happens. Correct. Yeah. They look like these type of women. Yeah. So I had a def. I definitely had a problem with that because that's how I took it. Yeah. To me, it's not about preference because I've seen so many people say, "Well." There's women who only want a man six foot five and dark skin with a beard or yeah. you can't be too skinny. You can't. That's preference because the outcome of, you know, what I mean, like the children or things of that nature, it don't play a part. Yeah. To me, I hear him talking about reproduction, to, yeah. reproducing to me. Yeah. So it's hard. And well, because, you know, I'm not a woman. But I get their reaction, though, like yeah. when they hear it. Oh my God! You're talking about me because there's uh, there's a lot of women that I know that want to go natural. Yeah, they want to go natural and yeah. they won't, and they they won't, and they wear wigs because of what people think. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The the, the climate that we have, right. we've created. There's Absolutely. so many women that want to go natural right now, but they won't do it because they're afraid to be judged. So I can see how these lyrics from Chris Brown might trigger them to want to keep their wigs on. Yeah, but I definitely think that um, the Chris Brown situation. And also, like you said, you got to know who you are. Yeah, I'm Chris Brown. Yeah, I can't walk this thin line. Correct. I'm. I'm like people still talk about me and Rihanna. Yeah, absolutely. So for him to actually go there and be shocked at of the response, of that the came response back. Yeah. that came yeah. back, and like I said, R and B used to be a safe space for lovers. Yeah. Let's say he did do it, which he did. That's your opportunity to just apologize. Yeah. Or. or this is the outcome that he's want, that he wanted. But for him to react that way, I don't think that... I, I, I think that to stir up controversy, I mean, album, right around the corner. Mm. I think it, it, it dropped. It, it dropped. It dropped. You know, but at that time, I mean, you never know. I yeah. mean, his, his, whoever's in his camp, on his team... I think that was all Chris. You see that response? It, it was definitely, it was definitely, no, 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 the response was definitely him. Okay, okay, But okay. I think the, the controversy around his statement or maybe trying to shy away from tiptoeing on that line. I think he's, he was at the point in his career where the album's about to come out or it's out. And he's trying to become relevant again. He didn't really care. And you know that a record producer or a company would want you to push the envelope. Yeah. He, I'm not, I'm not taking enough for him, but we're just going to go with different scenarios that might have happened. He might have been in the studio and somebody said, hey, we don't have no controversy yet on this album. We got nothing that stands out. Right. Y'all better not act like that. This does not happen in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Hands down, it does. You got to know that that bar, as because it described a certain woman to a T. Yeah, he didn't say he could have just said I only want women, but he said black. Yeah, women. Yeah. So for him to describe women and know that there's so many natural women out there, there's so many women going into the lanes of I just want my natural hair to be out. Black is beautiful. Afros. We're going to take this weave out. We're going to take off the wigs. We want to be out. We right. also want to be loved. Right. So you mean to tell me that my choice of going natural means to tell me that I can't be loved. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he got to he has to understand the message that um he put out there, even though that might not have even been his point, which right. which I guess his argument was he was saying. Correct. But that's when you come back and say, it's not what I meant. My words were taken out of content and go about his life. Correct. Because yeah. he could have deaded it. Right. Yeah. Because there's, there's going to be women who, number one, don't care. And two, the concerts still sell out. Correct. And I think that those be the issues, especially when it comes to musicians. Well, not musicians. Well, musicians and artists when you still 
have shows that sell out and you still make money, you don't really care about the bridges you burn. Correct. Until it's that Rihanna situation where you've yep. burnt every bridge. Every bridge. And now you actually need this man was crying yeah. and he sung Man in the Mirror. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did the Michael Jackson tribute crying. Everybody, please forgive me. Yeah. I made a mistake. Yeah. But then you see people when they make mistakes that's not as um as as tough as the mistake that they made before, yeah. then you see who they really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Absolutely. care about y'all. Yeah, when you can when you can assess how much loss or no like yeah. uh, no loss there is. Oh, 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 so my record sales aren't being affected. Yep. Keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I I'm not gonna apologize. But had, slow things up. Had this situation hurt his sales or hurt his music? Oh. Yeah, no, if his record label would have put a pause, like, all right, we got to hold this for a little bit, then it would have came out. Yeah. Because that, the loss would have been, you know, something they had to deal with. Now, for those of you who don't see what Chris Brown said as an issue, it's cool. This is opinion. This like, all of this is opinionated because we weren't there when he made the song. But for me, when he says, I only want to fuck bitches with black bitches with good hair, it's he's insinuating that, hey, just in case if a slip up happens, my baby will be prettier than yours because they are fair skinned and have. Better hair. Yeah. It's just my opinion. Oh, man. The Little Mermaid. Did you see the controversy over that? Yeah, man. Okay. Right. I was hoping that you did. So, apparently, there's a young lady. Um, I thought I wrote her name down. Uh, Holly Bailey, I think. Holly, yeah, Holly Bailey. Yeah, people thought it was Holly Berry. Correct. Yeah, Holly Berry went online <laughs> and had to clear, that, clear <laughs> yeah. the, the, the rumors I up. Don't think I, wanted, I don't think I want Holly Berry to be my Little Mermaid. Okay, yeah, me either. I, I, I think she passed that promise. I mean, she might be able to play a part. <laughs> a part mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother a mother yeah. Yeah, like or, a, or, or a bad aunt or something like that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or grandma. You know yeah. I mean? Holly Berry's <laughs> up there, you know? <laughs> Holly Berry looks like grandma. Like, grandma don't look like grandma no more. Holly, yeah. Grandma looks like a Holly Berry. Correct. But there was a lot of controversy because um, they're basically going in another direction with The Little Mermaid when it comes to Ariel. Um, I don't really know the nationality of Holly Bailey. Uh, she looks black, might be mixed with a few things. Yeah. Um, but white America was up in arms about Ariel. Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of people had a problem with it. And so I went and did my Googles because at first, I'll be honest with you, I look at everything... Heads and tails. Like, I understand why you might be upset. Everybody else might be like, oh, y'all racist, y'all racist. Yeah. They got a point. What if Shaft came out and the white man played Yeah, played Shaft. Shaft. Yeah. We wouldn't trip? Correct. Okay, then. So let's just be like, okay, we understand why why they can be mad sometimes. It's okay for them to have their opinion. Now, the racist post that I saw... Where they had one Ariel eating watermelon, and it's like, y'all, uh, yeah. they're going too that's when you, far. That's when you're pushing it too far. You, you're pushing it too yeah. far. But as far as some people having an issue that Ariel is no longer white, that's okay. But then when you do your Googles, right, I had to write this down. It says an average of 75.2% of speaking roles go to white actors, according to the 2014 University of Southern California study. So that means... Regardless of who the character is, yeah, somebody of fair skin is going to get that role. Correct. And then I started to do my Google some more, and yo, this had me dying, fam. I like the first one I saw, right? And I didn't know this because I didn't see the movie and I didn't pay it no mind. But did you know that Ben Affleck played Antonio Mendez? Yeah. Like <laughs> you couldn't find a Latino man to play this guy. Correct. But what you did was, hey Ben. Grow your beard. Yeah. 
dye your hair. We're going to put a little makeup on you. Correct. And you're Mr. Menendez. Correct, correct. Nobody that says quick. that quick. Have you seen any incidents to where you like, yo, fam, this isn't that, but okay, we're going to rock with it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely... Um, I mean, I got more. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I got I'm, more. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of them, and especially movies that we've praised, uh, recommended. Fam, Johnny, you know? Johnny Depp played Tonto. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp was Tonto. I can't pronounce this guy's last name. Joseph Fiennes. Fiennes? I don't know his name. F-I-E-N-N-E-S. I can't pronounce his name. Sorry. But Joseph, who's a white man, played Michael Jackson. Now, that's a little controversial. Yeah. Depends on... Depends on the time. The time. Yeah, yeah. Because nobody really knows what Michael Jackson was going through. Correct. Um, don't know if he ever wanted to be a white man. Was it the skin disease that he possessed? Don't know. I mean, you can look at the nose change, the hair, the lips. Yeah. Still up for up for debate. Um, this one right here got people up arms for real, but um, Elizabeth Taylor played Cleopatra. Yeah. And Cleopatra was, had African roots. And, you know, they still put, you know, uh, Elizabeth Taylor on there. Russell Crowe, he played Noah, and Noah's from the Middle East. Yeah. But I can go on and on about white people getting these roles, and the second an African descent gets a role of a Disney character or any character, they're up in arms. Yeah, I was doing this. One, I saw this one post on social media where they said that every princess in the Disney universe was white for seventy something years. Yeah. So it took them 70 plus years for them to even acknowledge a uh, um, a princess of color. So every time people of color took their children to see a Disney movie, it was white people who were of royalty. Yep. So I kind of get why Disney would go this direction. And I still think that they still have their plethora of princesses and princes. I mean, I can't count all the Disney movies, but um, I'm cool with them moving in this direction. Yeah, me too. I'm cool with them moving in this direction just because it's like the study that I said, 75% of roles go to white people, period, regardless of the role that they're playing. Just put a little makeup on them, and it's a wrap. Yeah. But um, that's not saying that I'm going to go see The Little Mermaid. Yeah, know, my thing. Yeah. I might take my daughter to go see it, though, yeah. because it gives them opportunity to see themselves in a different light. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that um, Disney got it right Okay. Um, with uh, the casting. And the reason why is because it's I'm a firm believer in the cultural climate. Okay. And I think right now we're, we're seeing a pivotal shift in things attempted to be done in the right way which means providing a fair shake at opportunity regardless of skin color. Okay. Um, I think that what's crazy in, in, in what you said was, you know, all of the princesses for 70 years yeah. were not of color, right? But how many families of color, right, have taken their children to go see those movies? Absolutely. And the fairy tale that that creates in a mind almost since it's not relatable because they're not of the same color. Yeah. It's so far fetched. It's like a fairy tale. Yeah. So do those individuals grow up right in their younger adulthood, not being able to think that something like that is even attainable, Mm. you know, 
not to say that anyone can become a mermaid. Right. I'm right, not saying that. Right. But envisioning one being a an actor or actress of color in a role so big on Disney. Yeah becomes attainable yeah it no longer is a fair to like i wish that they would no it's now happening yeah and i think that 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 stimulates the mind differently for young children to see what they can reach now and actually touch and i think that's a good thing you're absolutely correct and this can go back to the chris brown situation yeah if you've never seen a certain individual on television or be um celebrated you unless you do your own homework, your own Googles, and see just how beautiful people, black people, are in their natural state, it's hard to fantasize about that because we're talking fantasy. Correct. Yeah, you're going to fantasize what you see. So this man, yeah. I'm not, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving him a pass or an excuse, but I'm saying if you only see lighter women with certain hair with certain figures, that's who you fantasize with. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm this big star, and only women that I want. Or the best of the best. Correct. So in your mind, the best of the best is what you've been presented to. Correct. I saw, when I saw the Black Panther last year, I think it came out last year or two years ago. That's what it represented for me. Yeah. I actually got a chance to watch a movie that was like 90%, if not 95%, people of color. Yeah. Positive. Yeah. Because there are black movies out there, but there has a negative twist to it. Right. A drug dealer wanting to be something, something, some murders. But this guy... Right, I don't think they cursed in the movie, and the positive message that I got from that was so powerful for me. Yeah, because for the first time, I was able to watch a movie that represented me in a high form. Correct, king, queen, like a, being a black man, loving a black woman, respecting your your culture, your family, helping others. If we saw that more often, yeah, that's what we would. Right. Yeah. So. To hammer your point home with the Little Mermaid situation, yes. If you saw that you, too, can be a princess, you, too, can be a king. Right. Not just street thugs. Right. It's more things out there than just rap songs yeah. telling you that I had a hard life. It's more things out there than the slavery movies. Yeah. Telling you that you was a slave, but not mentioning that where you come from first. So, yeah, I, I think that the aerial movie and creating more opportunities for people of color to be in these Disney movies, to be in these movies, period, to represent us in a positive light instead of the typical form that we've been presented right. into. So, I agree. I agree 100%. So shout out to The Little Mermaid. Shout out to Disney for doing that. One more thing, though, right? The Cucumber Challenge. Yeah, man. The women, the people licking the ice cream. Clout chasers. Yeah. It's something that snuck up on us with the social media thing. And you can look and be like, man, clout chasing you, you, you. It's how y'all sell music. That's how y'all get known. It's how you get your product out there. And it is what it is. But I think with situations like this, we've come to the conclusion that clout chasing has gone a little bit too far. As far as, well, first of all, before I get into this, um, these two topics, has clout chasing gone too far before these two situations? Where there was situations like, yo, y'all doing too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I guess the biggest one recently was Takashi. The rapper. Yeah, the rapper. Yeah. You know, um, I think he's the one that kind of uh, broke through the ceiling of clout chasing and the negative impact it can have. Mm. The deadly impact might, it can oh, have. okay, yeah. Um, so I, th- I definitely think that 
we've achieved a maximum level mm. of clout chasing yeah. at one point with one individual. Um, I'm, I'm split on this. And okay. the reason why is because I, I look at everything with, with a fair judgment. Right. We spoke about algorithm. Yeah. Clout chasing is a form of utilizing the, the algorithm to, to get them to where they can get. Yeah. Now, this is, everything has, is a double-edged sword. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Now, there's uh, short-term success and long-term success. Mm-hmm. I think clout chasing is a method of short-term success, right. and we all know that in some cases that's not the best, best path for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's happening now more often where people are going for those kind of short highs of attention mm-hmm. and the, they're, they're kind of stretching the limits yeah. of what it was in, yeah. co- in, in comparison to what they're going to do. Right. And I think that's what we're seeing now is that we're seeing very small spurts back to back of people going across that line for a short for that amount buck. of success or quick buck. Yeah. Cause I don't think we've seen so many controversial social media um, scenarios back to back like this. Usually they're held for a long like stretch of time. That's a fact. But now they're like coming out in spurts, yeah. man. Like so many different people doing so many different things. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that I, I put a fence on it. If you know how to utilize it right and no one to back off, yeah, it's fine. Um, but there's a lot of individuals that cross that line and don't know when to, when to stop. Well, my thing is, if you can make something out of it, cool, right? Like even with the Takashi situation, he became a successful artist financially, I guess if you want to call it, but yeah. he ended up paying for it. Correct. So Catching up to him. It's catching up to him. Why? Because people who clout chase have to match their talent. Yeah. And normally the talent falls short over time, so you have to keep clout chasing. Right. Because like we talked about with the algorithm, you want people to click on what you got going on, which is why you might see some beef on IG Live. Yeah, yeah. My thing is, though, I don't see where the cucumber suckers are going. Yeah, I don't know where the end, the end result right. is. Right. It started as a challenge, and I'm all for challenges. And just like you say... It goes positive, positive. They might slip a negative in there. Positive, positive, positive. And we have so many positive challenges here for it. And then this cucumber thing kind of just blew up. Yeah. And I, just like you said, just like I said, I don't see where it's going with that. But then it's just like everybody wants that five seconds. It used to be five minutes. Everybody wants that five seconds of fame. Yeah. And they don't really, people aren't thinking about, the repercussions of somebody seeing you with that cucumber. This is true. When I was young, right, I wanted to be a porn star. Okay, all right. But my thing is, I didn't want nobody seeing me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want nobody from the town knowing that I was doing my thing. Yeah, this would be like the masked hero. Yeah, well, that, that wasn't an option at the time. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> Had I would have thought about it, I would have been going with a mask. Yeah, I would have yeah. been dope, though, because it would have been different. Like, all yeah. porn are the same, but nah, I'm, I'm the dude with a different the mask. Lanes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't want people to see me. These people don't care. Yeah. And it's and for me, it's just like, okay, y'all doing too much. And even this might be a turnoff for guys. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like, I, listen, if you could do all of that, I don't need you. I yeah. don't want you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on another note, right, the young lady with the ice cream, which is it's crazy. I don't, it's crazy, fam, because you could actually be purchasing this ice cream. Correct. Somebody done looked all over it. Yeah. But it Makes was you said, second guess all your purchases now. Right. Especially if it's, yeah. 
um, the ice cream got to come with a plastic wrap on. Like you got to break open a seal. Yeah. You got to break open the ice cream. I want a key with my ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so it was said that the young lady might be facing twenty years in jail, but then it was said that she's a minor. She's a minor. Yep. And they're going. They don't know how they want to go forward with this. And I guess being a minor makes it make more sense because that's just what these kids do. Yeah. They want to push the envelope, but maturity. But you go, well, what's the what's what's next? If you Correct. guys are doing this, Correct. what's next? Yeah. I seen a video online, I think it happened in Philly, where a kid got out of a car but left firecrackers in the car, and the car just start popping as people behind. I don't know if anybody was in that car. Yeah. But it basically stopped traffic. And he's just sitting there recording the car popping, right? And you get and he's Crazy. also recording um the reaction, the, the reaction. Everybody's mad. And he's just like, fuck you. Fuck you. It's just yeah. like, no, they don't care. No care. It's like they're immune to it. They're immune to it. Yeah. It's, it's actually the reaction that they want. Yeah. Like, you no, can't tell me what to do. I saw this other one video, right? And this was a prank, but it still made really people really mad. This man and this woman was in the middle of the street having lunch. Was the the picnic one? Where they were on the, on the floor with the blanket? Yeah. And they was feeding each other like hamburgers yeah. or something like that? Yeah. You saw that? And he, they stopped everything. They was really hot. Yeah. And it could be a prank. What if somebody hopped out their car and whopped my man in the back of his head while yeah. he's sitting down? Or kept driving. Road rage is or, dangerous. Mm, how hot was it outside? Yeah. How humid? Correct. You just don't know. Yeah. It's hot outside. That's a good enough reason yeah. for somebody to go down. But that's where we at for people for their five seconds of right. fame. Correct. I truly respect the creatives who take the time out on their own. Have you seen a Spice Adams video? My man with his shorts up high. He well, he basically he's a big guy, but he takes but he basically makes his own videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen it. Yep. Yeah, he just he makes fun of himself. Correct. In his own time. Correct. He's the only one in his video. Correct. In his own realm. In his own realm. Yep. And he's popping on social media. Correct. There's some of you out there who want to be popping on social media and you don't know how to do it, so you put everybody else into that scenario and we didn't ask to be. Right. If you're in the middle of the street feeding each other lunch, stopping traffic, and you're, you, you know, you're clout chasing or you're recording yourself with the cucumbers or you're doing something stupid like licking ice cream, I'm just trying to encourage people to find a different way of making yourself popular. I agree. Now, I don't know if you wouldn't clout chase because you're talented. I don't know if that plays a part, though. Yeah. You would think that somebody would clout chase because I can back it up. Correct. But you don't really see the talented creators clout chase. We would rather let what we do speak for ourselves. Yeah, yeah let us speak values. So um, those that clout chase, right, I yeah. think that's a different kind of individual that um, doesn't have the same kind of filter that those individuals that do clout chase have. Okay. And I think what, what the, the issue is is they don't have anyone that's telling them that they have very unique characteristics in them, right? Just the ability or the the inability to filter how, like how people are going to feel towards them mm-hmm. based on what they do i think that's extremely unique i think that's a yeah. characteristic that that can lead to success like i wouldn't lay in the middle of the street while traffic yeah. is around and just act like that like they're not there that wouldn't be me right that characteristic is unique now if you can take that variable and put it to something else that can be profitable that's right just imagine how much further they can go I'm trying to think of who clout chase, but actually has talent. I think that I think that's I think that 
that's why they clout chase. Yeah. Because they don't really have nothing to stand on. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to stand in the middle of the street and stop traffic. But my message or what I'm trying to do, like imagine if you was in the middle of the street just with your T-shirts. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't sell. They'd be more mad at you. Correct. Like, you know what? I hope you. I hope your shit never sell. Correct. I'm never yeah. buying none of your yeah. product because you just pissed me you off. You're delaying me from getting to dinner. Dinner or work. Or get home or work. Or get out this hot-ass weather. Yeah, you crazy. Yeah. So for the cloud chasers out there, y'all probably don't listen to this podcast, but I hope y'all get this message. I mean, at least have a talent to back it up. Um, this young lady... She's a young minor. I don't know what they're going to do with her. The one that uh, just hand, handle, happens to just randomly lick the ice cream and put it back in the freezer. Yo, I saw this one dude, right? He actually takes a handful of ice cream, eats the ice cream, and put it back in. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I seen one dude, so it's just like, okay, this young girl started something. Everybody else wants to right. do it. Yeah, and that's the thing that they, they, they forget, the collateral damage that it has. Mm. People don't have, there's a lot of people out there that don't understand the collateral damage that your actions have. The after effect, the aftershock. This might be for a whole nother podcast, but I want to know where did we go wrong at as, you know what I mean, like the kids. Because I remember growing up being in a situation where you said that you, you know, your mother was a single mother. So a lot of that single mother, a lot of that single parenthood, and you yeah. had people like you, people like me, that want better for the family because they know what we went through. But then you have kids that came after us that's in this generation and they're not all of them but some of them aren't thinking about how to carry on or continue on a legacy just how can i just make people laugh or or how can i get attention for some reason yeah these kids want attention yeah that's what it is i think that it's um it's the ability to get a response Instantly. Based on an action instantly. Yeah. And over time, that, that folds. It's like a two-time fold mm-hmm. with every generation where it becomes quicker and easier to get a response out of somebody. Mm. I think that has a lot to play with it. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that I raise my children the way I do. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and this is just me. Everyone else has their, their way of parenting. But for from, from myself, um, I, I, I try to cascade information down at the appropriate time okay. so that my children's minds can digest it properly and make sense of it, yeah. identify right and wrong themselves. Um, so I may limit what they are exposed to. I know we had an incident with YouTube maybe like eight months ago where they were watching a YouTube video. It was one of their shows. Uh, another video came within, they clicked it, and it was something that they weren't supposed to see. And I took them off YouTube mm. to this day. Okay. And now they have YouTube kids and they have other ways right, of doing right, what they're right, doing, right. but they they couldn't digest what they were seeing. So yeah. since they couldn't digest it, I had to get it away from their, their vision. Right, right. You know, so I think it all comes down to how fast information is shared. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but I think that there needs to be, there needs to be individuals around, um, around them that are going to tell them the right thing. And I seen, I forgot who posted it, but it was like, um, it's great to be a father to your child, but you also have to be a father to the friends of your child mm. because you never know who's fathering them. That's a fact. You know, and I think it outside of a father, just as a role model or individual of, of care to that person, you also got to care for the people that are around them because they just may be in, uh, easily influenced. Yeah. You know, so you got to be able to reach an entire crowd rather than just your child. It takes a village. Yeah. To raise, it's crazy yeah. because there's some people out here and I could be one of them from time to time where, 
you don't want your kid to play with the kid next door Absolutely. because they seem like a bad influence. Yeah, or, you're not the only one. Or you, or you, you can tell how aggressive those kids are. Yeah. Now you raise your kids right to be upstanding citizens. Go outside and play. You need some air because you, you know, you, you have a happy home. Things of that nature. But you don't know that those other kids are outside because they have no choice. Correct. Their parents are druggies. Or they just don't want to see their faces. Go outside and don't come back in until, you know, the streetlights come on. Correct. So these kids are forced to be outside. So it's just so many different energies that come together. And you hope that, you know, your kid knows right from wrong, uh, which they do. But when you get out there. Yeah, it's all up to them. there's a leader of a pack. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. always this one influential kid. Yeah, that's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, like zero to 100, like yeah. quick. Oh, what you got to ask mommy and daddy? Let's, yeah, like, yeah. Let's go run. Let's go play. Start playing on your ego. Yeah. Like, oh, you really going to go ask them? Yeah. I thought you were eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, but yeah, I think. And they curse already? Yeah. So. <laughs> Listen, my, my, my children and, you know, I love my kids to death, man. But yeah. like, my son is eight, my daughter six. And when kissing scenes come on TV, they still turn away and close their eyes. Mm-hmm, yeah. When they, yeah. When, like, we act, like, my wife and I, we, we may curse, you know, occasionally. Yeah. And, and they'll check us. Yeah. They'll be like, Mom, Dad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I think it starts with the children that you raise, and then you hope that you instill characteristics and um, an ethical way of living okay. that they can influence or they can be that leader outside and say, mm-hmm. yo, bro, like, let, let's not do that. Yeah. You know, let's come over here. You know, so I think... I think everyone needs that circle around them, you know, like just yeah. that, just to, to to listen to you and to speak to you when, when you most need it. You know, yeah. I think it's very important. And at, at the same time, if you know your child does not have the personality to actually go out there and hang with them, because you can look at a kid, you and your kid, your, your kid and another kid can be the same age, but the other kid's personality is like three times. Much more kids. mature. Yeah, much yeah. more mature. And you just got to be like, listen, I don't think that this is a good fit for you because... You're like Nickelodeon young. They're watching Power. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. They're watching yeah. HBO at eight. They know yeah. all that stuff. So Correct. it's okay to not want your kids to play with certain kids if the mature level is on a different level, just because you don't want your kid to be taken advantage of yeah. in any situations. Yeah. Because even though, like you said, you have to be a father, a parent to your child and the next, one thing we don't want is for our kids to go out there and be taken advantage of right. and uh, get teased or or um, um, you know it's picked on because he's or she is not up to speed that the other kids are at. Yeah. So yeah. now, that, well, so, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, yeah. but um, I was just watching a video of a his, his name is um, Doctor Jordan B. Peterson. Okay. He's um, psychologist, a psychologist, a scientist, and he focuses on like human behavior. And one of the things he speaks on is male and female bullying. Yeah. And with males or boys, if we're talking about children, they bully um, based on aggression. Okay. So you see those children um, beat up at school mm-hmm. or teased physically. They, they show physical attributes of being yeah. bullied, right, because of the male ego or pride or the, the DNA. Mm-hmm. With women or young girls, they get bullied through reputation um, destruction, uh, rumors, gossip, yeah. and it usually comes from children that may be of the same age, but like you said, three levels higher than them in yeah. maturity, yeah. 
where they take advantage of those. And one thing I want to say, and, and this is to all the parents, is just because, like, and like you said, just because they're the same age doesn't mean you should, like, not filter. Yeah. Because there, there definitely needs to be a connection. Yeah. Between both age and maturity level yeah, because yeah. it's crazy out there, man. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. I've seen kids who <laughs> speak the language that a grown person would speak. Yeah. And not, I'm not saying curse, but it's just like, man, you're young, but you're very mature. You know you know a lot for your age. Yeah. Like you even watch cartoons. Yeah. Tone is different. Yeah. Demeanor is different. Yeah, you like absolutely. girls. Like, fam, you only like six. Yeah. Like, what do you know about Getting a girl like this Correct. is not the age for that. Like, just go play. Yeah. Like, we we're supposed to be like whatever, man. It's 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 too much, man. Yeah. But just know what you're out there looking at, man. And like and like we said, these kids might be the same age, but their maturity level is so different. And you just gotta watch out for stuff like that. And also at the same time, it takes a village. Yeah, absolutely. If you can reach one, teach one. Correct. So, um, but we definitely about to bring this episode to an end. Yeah. How was your time on the podcast, brothers? I know my brother wasn't here, and it was just like improvising on the spot. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But um, nah, how was it though? It was good, man. I, I'm glad to I'm glad to be on. Yeah. You know, um, you know, one thing for me is I want to be able to um to help others in any which way, right. shape, or form. Right. You know, we have our brand Lucky Seven Loft, but that isn't the end goal. Okay. Um, the this is the vessel to get to that end goal for me. Um, the end goal is to have a a creative consultation company where I can assist individuals like myself and you, but earlier versions of ourselves, yeah, to to get them to the point of establishing something for themselves, whether that's in real estate, whether that's in clothing, being able to teach the model out and helping them through that process. Okay, um, because as growing up, and of course with time this will change, but growing up we were the minority mm-hmm. and. Whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, we were limited on the opportunities that were presented to us and the resources available to get to the point we needed right. to get to. And I think it's our job to, when we achieve a level of success, to reach back and grab someone's hand and bring them along with us, regardless of race, color, mm-hmm. sex, or age. Yeah. Um, I think it's just our civil duty to do that, and that's something that you know we want to do. Of course, at this moment, we're still learning our process. Um, but once we identify our right and wrongs and the paths that we take and the ones we, we shouldn't take, our job is to reach back and grab the next person that wants to do the same exact thing that yeah. we're doing or different and help them through that process. Absolutely, man. So tell them one more time where they can find their brand at. So it's www.lucky7loft.com for all online shopping, um, browsing the catalog or whatever it may be. Instagram, Lucky the Number Seven Loft. Facebook, Lucky the Number Seven Loft. Um, and listen, if you guys don't want to shop online, you can shop via social media, Instagram, or Facebook. If you have me on Snap or my number, you can shoot me a text. We place orders any which way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Any any shout outs? Uh, you know, well, shout outs definitely to Podcast Brothers. Um, I appreciate shout, it. Shout out to my man um, DJ Big J. Yeah, um, shout out to Jay. You know who definitely connected the dots. Yeah. Um, Shout out to my wife, um, because mm-hmm. without her, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So um, much love to her. Of course, my family in general, my children. And to anyone that's listening to the podcast that I know personally, that's taking their time out to listen to this episode. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you and, and the support that you've always given, whether that's up close or from, a, from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to everyone that's willing to do something for, to better themselves, too. And if you like what you heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. Or not. 
just tell me you love me when you see me. Correct. <laughs> but that algorithm. That, yeah, but that, but, but that review on Apple Podcasts means a lot. <laughs> they watch it. They're not going to know if you tell me personally, but I appreciate it either way. This was episode 144, I think. I still don't know what episode this is. <laughs> this was episode 144 of the podcast, brothers. Peace out. Farmers Insurance knows the difference between a car hitting your bumper and a clown car hitting your bumper. Oh, sorry about that. Because we covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Individual results may vary. When it comes to vein disease and those embarrassing, painful varicose and spider veins, no one is immune. Just ask three-time beach volleyball gold medalist Misty May Trainer. I was surprised to see I had vein disease. I didn't think I was old enough. I'm a working mom of three young ones, and I still coach. I need my legs healthy and performing at their best. That's when Misty went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors of Vein Clinics of America specialize in the latest laser therapies and minimally invasive treatments. It's like they turn back time. The veins they treated are completely gone and the procedure happens so fast. For over 35 years, women and men have been enjoying healthy, strong, and youthful-looking legs thanks to Vein Clinics of America, like gold medalist Misty May Trainer. Vein Clinics of America work for me, and they can work for you, too. Call Vein Clinics of America now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Most treatments are covered by insurance. 800-307-4200. That's 800-307-4200. 800-307-4200.